Welcome to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast, where we share stories around the business of fitness and other things going on in the local RVA fitness community. Be sure to check out our collective shop at rvaaffiliatecollective.org and give us a follow on Instagram at RVA Affiliate Collective. Enjoy the show. Welcome to the Collective Podcast. I'm here with Hallie of Duramonitor Therapy. Thank you so much for having me. This is a real pleasure. Sure, anytime. So, who are you, and uh, what do you do? Hmm. Let's see. Well, my name is Hallie Lifson, and I am a, an occupational therapist by trade. A lot of people don't know what OT is, um, but it's essentially a rehabilitation specialist. Um, and my focus right now is on myofascial release. And I'm also an avid CrossFitter, love CrossFit, and I'm a CrossFit coach. Um, so when I opened up my space, a lot of people were like, what is myofascial release? <laughs> and in fact, when I was putting my website together, I was told, please don't put myofascial release, just put massage or body work or something because people don't know what that is. So I kind of want to talk a little bit about that so people know what fascia is. Is that okay? Yeah. What, what is that? Okay. So the way I learned about fascia is through my own back injury. Uh, it's been about a year ago now. I had a really pretty bad back injury, picking up a 100-pound D-ball in a CrossFit gym, which I really had no business doing. Um, but through that rehab process, I really learned a lot about my own body. And you would think I, I already know a lot because I'm an OT and I've worked in cadaver labs. And um, But this rehab process really focused me in on, on what fascia is and what it does in the body. I started reading a ton of things. I read Thomas Meyer's Anatomy Trains. I'm throwing that out there in case anybody's interested in learning more about it. Um, Gray Cook's um, book on corrective exercise. And then this really great French researcher, um, Jean-Claude Guillain-Berteau, which you can get on YouTube and look up his videos um, of what fascia looks like in the body. And then I went and got trained with basically the myofascial guru. Um, His name is John Barnes. And he's been training people for about 30 years Um, He himself was a weightlifter and had a terrible back injury doing a um, very, very heavy back squat by himself. Um, He was also a physical therapist at the time. So he figured out how to rehab himself after going through the medical system and not getting very much relief. So he opened up his own PT clinic and pretty soon everybody was coming to him and not his other PTs. So he started training the PTs and then he started training everybody. So that's where I got my training from. Awesome. So for someone who maybe like myself, like quickest way to identify what fascia is and and maybe what releasing that is like. Okay. Yeah. Quickest way. So myofascial release is a safe and very effective hands-on treatment that involves applying sustained, gentle pressure into the connective tissue and eliminates pain and restores motion in the body. So that's what I'm doing for people. Um What is fascia? This is pretty interesting to me because in OT school, when I was in the cadaver lab, which is a whole nother story that first day in the cadaver lab. Oh my goodness. (laughs) (laughs) It involved a circulating saw. But anyway, um, yeah. So we as OTs, we had to share the cadavers with the dental students and the PTs. And because we're supposed to be like the fine motor specialists, they had us go in and literally scrape off the fascia off the bodies. So you know exactly what it is. I know exactly (laughs) what it is, but we didn't think it was all that important. And this is only about 10 years ago. And now we know so much more. So um, it's such a privilege actually to be in that anatomy lab and and gain that level of knowledge about the body. But I've learned so much more since. So so fascia is essentially, it's a specialized system in the body, which we didn't know existed before. Um, In fact, a couple of years, some researchers at UVA came out and said, oh my gosh, we've discovered an entirely new system in the body. It's not entirely new. People have known it's there, but we couldn't really see it because we were studying on dead people. There's not much to see. The body's dead. So so now we have the technology. We can see what it's actually doing in the body. Um, So it's a specialized system um, and it looks like kind of like a spider web. 
a little bit. Or you can think about it like a sweater. Um, it's a very densely woven covering and it's, this is clutch, it's interpenetrating every single muscle, every single nerve, artery, vein, as well as our internal organs, heart, lungs, brain, spinal cord. So it's not just a system of separate little coverings over each of those things. It's actually one continuous structure, which to me, is, I don't know, it's really fascinating. Yeah. And it, it exists from head to toe and it is connected to every other part. So it's like a yarn that you would pull out of a sweater. Um, so when you have trauma there, which is what we're doing in CrossFit, we're, we're actually, it's micro trauma daily, especially if you're working out like six, seven days a week, um, you're creating restrictions. Okay, so those restrictions in the fascia have about 2,000 pounds of pressure per square inch. Okay, that's on like very pain-sensitive structures in the body. So this is why after you do Diane in the open and then you have deadlifts programmed the next day, when you get out of your bed, you can barely like brush your teeth or sit down on the toilet. It's because your fascia has just like clenched down. So there's a high percentage of people, not just CrossFitters, but just people suffering from pain and lack of range of motion. And it's probably just undiagnosed fascial restrictions. Interesting. So you see a lot of CrossFitters when they're super sore or anybody, typically they go into the gym and they just hop on a foam roller. Is that doing anything for that system? That's a great question, actually, because what I like to do and what occupational therapists do is we don't want you to come to us and we treat you. And then you have to keep coming to us for 12 weeks to keep getting our treatment. What we want to do is empower you to treat yourself. So really, everybody should be spending about 10, 15, 20 minutes a day um, releasing their fascia, especially CrossFitters. And what I see a lot is people with their foam rollers in the gym. And it's, it's a fun time, right? We all want to socialize, but they're literally like rolling back and forth so quickly. And what we know now about fascia and how it releases is you have to sit on it with that sustained pressure for really three to five minutes, ideally five. So you really have to let it melt like butter. So when you see people rolling really quickly, they're not really doing much. Right. Yeah. I guess they're getting some sort of um, CNS response, right? Some sort of parasympathetic type thing. Well, I think it may feel good right. maybe, but it's not really releasing the fascia. Sure. Um, that's interesting because when I was doing some of the personal training coursework, they talked about the foam rolling and they said, obviously not fast, but they was they would say at least like 30 seconds for, you know, some sort of triggering to actually happen. It's longer. Yeah. I would imagine longer yeah, is better. It's longer, right? But yes, foam rolling absolutely does work. And I, I give it as homework all the time. Um, but you have to do it slower and longer than you think. So we, basically nothing can be rushed. You can't force it. You have to just let it kind of unwind on its own. And that's through the sustained pressure. Gotcha. So... <clears throat> to sum it up, fascia is this spider web of things. Is that between like your skin and your actual muscles that you can see, you know, protruding or like the things you can touch and feel? Or is it, where is it? I guess if you were just to. So talk about you, it. you typically sort of see it. Um, you can get on the YouTube and see it in that Gimberto um, video, but um, it's actually filled with fluid. It's a tubule and it's filled with light too, actually. Yeah. Excuse the hellhounds. We yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have um, two Rottweilers at our gym. They're great dogs, but they do like to bark. That's all right. Um, yeah. So, um, so that's like basically the first line of communication on a cellular level. So if you have restrictions in that outer level of fascia, then your muscles aren't getting the fluid, the vitamins, all the good things you're doing and eating. It's not really getting to your muscles if you gotcha. have a restriction there. And, and your muscles can't work like they're meant to work when they're restricted. Interesting. So all the foam rolling and then mixed with maybe like compression therapy and all that. Is that – so you see a lot of elite CrossFitters especially doing that stuff. Um, oh, yeah. Even the the stem devices, uh, and they always talk about how it promotes blood flow mm -hmm. and how that helps you know remove waste and things like that. Mm -hmm. and even massage therapists will, will talk about you yep. know drinking lots of water because I just did a bunch of stuff and that's going to release toxins exactly. and flush it out. 
but you're saying there's this other thing in between all, all of that, I guess. Uh, no, fascia. it's not an other thing. It's literally fascia it's part is of it. everything. Yeah. It's, it's literally like the first line of communication with everything in your body. It is, yeah, what we're really made of. The one that we are just learning about, the fascia that we're learning about is the outer layer that I'm talking about, but it's communicating with all of the rest of you. Does that make sense? It's yeah. all one thing. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is really interesting. Yeah. So all of the recovery for CrossFitters, I feel like when I started CrossFitting, there was like zero talk about that. You know, I think I've been doing it for like six years now. Um, and yeah, that maybe I just didn't know about it. I don't know. You'd think I would cause I'm an OT, but I just didn't have any recovery at all. I was crossfitting like six, seven days a week. So were my friends and the recovery day was like, Oh, let's go for a six mile run. <laughs> yeah. Not. Yeah. That's, uh, <laughs> thankfully that's changing at least at the elite level. You hear people talking about it differently, but, mm -hmm. um, I, th I think you don't hear about it in your everyday gym because it's not being prioritized. Right. Except uh, for here. Right. There we go. There we go. <laughs> so come to DBG CrossFit and, and see Hallie for recovery priority. But even for myself, when you look at the workout on the, on the board, right, you go into your typical gym, you get your programming mm -hmm. and you see warm up, you see maybe a strength portion, you see some sort of conditioning piece, maybe some skill work or some sort of combination of that. Mm -hmm. It's very rare you see Ramwad at the end, or you see foam rolling prescribed. Mm -hmm. And then if it is prescribed, it's very rare that the coach leads it. Mm -hmm. It's not just something on the board for, if you want to do it, you can do it. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's a combination of managing your hour effectively. Yes. Do you actually give people time to do that? Yeah. And then also, do you lead people to do it and, and stress the importance and educate them? Or you just say, hey, if you're feeling sore, make sure you do a couch stretch before you go. Yeah. So I think that is when I started coaching, this is like a lead into um, basically I was like, I, I was looking for resources so that I could be the best coach that I could be. I love CrossFit. Um, I tend to think about things a little more clinically. So I gravitated towards active life. RX. And um, I just love what they've done for my coaching because um, I'm now looking at every single athlete from a joint level up. So, um, you know, there's a lot of CrossFitters that have been coming for years and just are like, oh, I don't have a good squat. I don't have, you know, a good whatever. But really what they don't have is the range of motion just at a, a joint angle. So, I'm helping people here at DBG hone in on what they need to hone in on before the workout. So they're coming in like 20 minutes before the wad. And instead of, like you said, rolling around on the foam roller, they're actually doing the exercises that I've prescribed for them so that they are getting the full range of motion at a joint angle because they can't produce any real power unless they have the full range there. Um, and in fact, it's like a real lesson in frustration if like, for instance, they don't have the range of motion in their knee joint and we're asking them to squat deeper, you know, right. <laughs> it's just or, they're going to be in pain. Or 20.4 comes up and they can't balance on a pistol. They might have the strength, but they, they can't, Right. they don't have the dorsiflexion, the ankles, yeah. right? So or, really or it's not about like what the coach knows or really so much about the programming. It's actually empowering your athletes to have a, and, and your coaches to have conversations about that. And so every single athlete that comes here and the NDOC program gets a movement assessment um, from me. So I'm looking at every single angle that we need to look at to make sure they can do what they need to do in here safely so that they can actually increase their capacity and reduce um, injury. That's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> so you get to see both sides of the puzzle, I guess, because you go in and coach a class and then you also might take athletes in here and work on them prior or, or, or before or after. Mm -hmm. um, but then you also go and, and just do therapy for people, right? Not necessarily just CrossFitters. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I have my own separate entrance here, which is so nice. Um, yeah. So I do work on everybody. I think I just gravitate towards CrossFitters because it's what I love to do. Um, and because I really think CrossFitters need this. <laughs> I think a lot of us are walking around unnecessarily like in pain when um, you don't need to be. Um, so so that's what I'm doing is I'm going around to CrossFit gyms um, and just teaching CrossFitters about recovery and how they can um, become more conscious about their bodies and how they can feel better in them and get stronger. 
So basically, you'll have people that have been like stuck for a long time, and they don't know why they're stuck and they're frustrated. And it could be something that's very easily solved with um, a movement assessment or a strength balance assessment. So looking at, you know, what their squat is compared to their deadlift um, and honing in on that. So um, I do that too. And then um, I also have um, a few clients now who are coming to me specifically for programming to work on their range of motion so that they have a six-week program that they're honing in on what they need to hone in on. And they're using their time wisely in the gym. And they're still in their home gym, which is clutch. I feel like a lot of people, especially if they get injured, they feel disenfranchised from their gym and they don't need to be. They just need to have either a coach there that has an understanding or they can come to me <laughs> and I can help them um, do what they need to do and stay with their friends in their own gym. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> How long have you been been open doing therapy? So I've been an OT for about a decade and I worked in pediatrics. Before that, I was actually a, a doula and a childbirth educator. So I think I bring some of that energy into oh, my work now. Yeah. Um, so I'm really in early days still. Um, I When I got my training with John Barnes, I figured I'd come back to Richmond. This was last January. I figured I'd come back and like work in some kind of rehab setting. Um, but <laughs> the universe had other plans. And Marty from DBG had this fabulous room open up right next to a CrossFit gym. And I knew that that opportunity was not going to present itself again. So I jumped on it and I'm really glad I did. Um, sometimes it gets a little lonely cause it's, you know, it's just me trying to figure everything out on my own, but, um, I I'm never, ever going to look back. I just, just, I love, I'm so happy doing what I do. So it's great. Yeah. Let's dig into the business side a little okay. bit. Like what is, what is that like running your own practice? And, and <laughs> I know you're also coaching, which kind of helps, I think, bring people in yeah. a little bit, but just how was it starting out and, and, um, yeah. so I really just am figuring it out as I go. I mean, I got the space. First thing was, all right, I know what worked on me and I want to get all the things in here that worked for me. So I got the far infrared sauna, which I love for recovery. I really love it. It's not like a normal sauna where you're just kind of breathing in some steam, which is also probably very therapeutic. But the the far infrared goes so deep in the muscle. And like you're talking about, it really increases blood circulation, decreases joint pain. Um, and actually, there are studies that say it increases your mood. So um, – and you've you you're like a Ben Bergeron geek, like I am. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> so that could be a whole episode I just know. geeking out on his I love stuff. <laughs> geeking with you about him, but anyway, yeah, I've got like a sweatshirt signed by him. It's pretty <laughs> ridiculous. But anyway, I do listen to his podcast sometimes, and he talks about his top athletes are doing all these things daily. Mm -hmm. You know, they're hypervolting. They're in the infrared sauna. They've really harnessed their recovery so they can do um, what they need to do. But I think you know. But we act like, oh, we're just average Joes. But actually, if you're working out in a CrossFit gym six, seven days a week, you're you're working out at a pretty elite level. So you you really are going to feel better and be a stronger, more powerful athlete if you harness that part of the equation. So that's I'm here to spread the word about that. Um, what else did you want to know about the business, like the hardest thing? No, I mean, that's, that's interesting because back to our lovely Ben Bergeron, he, <laughs> he talks about that. He talks about, the, you know, oh, if I want to get better at CrossFit or whatever, I, I just pick a program that someone's doing at an elite level and I start doing it. Oh my gosh. Or I'm, I'm going every day, five days a week. I'm spending two to three hours in the gym. Like I've checked the box, but it's what you are doing the 22 or 23 hours outside of the gym mm -hmm. that makes the difference, whether it's recovery, whether it's nutrition, whether it's mindset training of, yes. of some sort, right? And that's what recently on this last episode, that's what he was talking about is that um, – the sports that, psychology of it. That, that's what unlocks it. Yeah. Um, ultimately, mm -hmm. it's a lot of people can follow a program and work out for four hours a day. And that that's hard for some people. But like checking the box, I go in a, and I'm still not better. Why not? And it's taking that ownership and mm -hmm. understanding that recovery is key. And 
rest days are for resting, not for 5Ks that are done <laughs> right. slow, right? Right. Because that's not that's still trauma, right? That's not going to help yeah. you recover by running a 5K or a two or whatever. Right? Did you look at my notes? <laughs> I did not. I did not. But uh, I'm very passionate about that, and and Matt Matt Fraser actually talks about that. Yeah. You know? So the the active life. So I did the coaches training, and now I'm in the immersion, and um, and that is pretty pretty key is thinking about your rest day, not in terms of like that three mile run or 2000 meter row, whatever, but really getting in the gym actually and still moving. Cause we know now that movement is medicine, mm-hmm. even like the rest ice compression, like that's, that has changed. And it's like, no, let's, let's keep you moving. That's really how you heal. So, um, it's about coming in and doing the things for your body that feel good. So it's still doing exercises. It's the corrective exercises. You know, we move so much in one plane in CrossFit. It's just that sagittal plane over and over and over again. So um, coming in and doing the 90-90s or whatever just to get moving in other planes. So And then there's, there's exercise for exercise. And then there's exercise um, for sport and for, to make you a good mover. You know, yeah. I love CrossFit as a sport, um, but I, I think there has to be a balance there and people need to understand kind of where they are on the spectrum. And if they're in here to just exercise or if they're in here to be good movers. And I want more people to to focus in on being really good movers and feel good in their bodies and strong. Yeah, that's that's important, right? The Your recovery day, using it to move and mobilize, mm-hmm. right? It's... If you're going to go and run for 30 minutes for your recovery day and then go and sit down and rest the rest of the day, you're mm-hmm. not helping. You're actually mm-hmm. you know, hurting the equation because now you're locking up those muscles, right? Mm-hmm. And that's probably layman's terms, but mm-hmm. that's how I feel about it. It's like if I would go and run for a half hour and then sit down at my desk <laughs> like for eight hours, up, yeah. like I get up and I feel, I feel like I just did some brutal workout. Yeah. You know, I can't even move my legs very yeah. well. Well, one thing we started doing here just to kind of help people understand what a recovery workout is, is we have a, a recovery corner. Um, and typically our rest days are Thursdays. We still have workouts here on Thursdays and it's like, oh, we just want you to keep moving type workouts, but they're still, they're still hard. (laughs) Um, but we have more and more people who are just coming in here and doing the recovery workout that's in the corner. Um, that is usually I try to program it like now I've been programming it as a recovery from the open workouts, but, um, but it'll be whatever's just done us all in that week. (laughs) I'll put something up. And I think, you know, it's really been appreciated. The other thing we're doing um, here, and this is sort of a plug for DBG, but we did a a nutrition challenge here. And that I think has just really helped everybody understand how important, first of all, getting the amount of protein you need. If you're working out this hard, you really need to get that protein in there um, after your workout so that you can rebuild all the muscle that you've been tearing down. So yeah, it's fun to watch people come in and not 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 have a whole lot of strength or even body awareness and just get it so quickly in yep. here. So anyway, I'm happy that we're able to provide like more of the pieces of the puzzle than a, than a, than other gyms. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah I, I think that's, that's obviously, I think a lot of gyms would love to do that, right? Just like they would love to have a yoga mm-hmm. day where either they have a studio in their gym or they have some other offering and, being that you are right here inside of a CrossFit gym and actually coach in there, you can, mm-hmm. you can educate their members, your members, mm-hmm. um, and not necessarily try to sell them on something at the yeah. same time. I'm not selling them on anything, but the challenge, they wanted to win that challenge. So they, right. <laughs> they, if they did 21 workouts in 31 days and those included the recovery workouts, really the only way that you could get the 21 workouts in is if you did recovery workouts. Um, and so they got entered into the drawing twice, but they won a ton of stuff. It was like a free whole nutritional assessment, um, body work from me, free month at the gym. And I think we're going to keep doing it. Um, yeah, we had a huge number of people participate. We, we've only been open. We just had our one year anniversary. I say we, but it's not my, <laughs> it's not my gym. Um, but I work really well with Marty, the gym owner. Um, it's a nice reciprocal relationship, but, um, yeah. So, um, anyway, everyone was totally all in. We had, I think 27, 28 people sign up. So that's great. Yeah. It was definitely a success. You said it was one one month long. Yeah, it was just for the month of October, which um, sober I think, October. Yeah, well, uh, well, we all learned that you can still drink straight vodka, and there's not that many. 
<laughs> there's not that many uh, macros in it, but <laughs> there's not. But oh, the the detriment to your system. Uh, well, and then you make bad choices. Yeah. Well, um, that's the, that. Actually, that's, that's a topic right there for I know. me. I'm I'm pretty passionate about the alcohol thing. Oh, you are. <laughs> just just trying to educate people on it. Like, I drink. Yeah, sure. Mm-hmm. But I don't think I think in CrossFitters, it's in the CrossFit culture. Mm-hmm. There's gyms with bars in them, right? Oh. There's the Oh, we finished a workout. Let's have a beer afterwards, which it has its place, I think. Yeah. Um, but I think it's also, it's kind of like having donuts at your gym when you're oh. trying to tell people about losing weight yeah. and how deadly sugar is. Oh my God, but, but yet, doesn't we'll put, every gym have donuts in it? I mean. Or, or alcohol, right? Yeah. And like, oh, we'll have beer or we'll have this potluck and there's there's alcohol around. And to me, if people are trying to lose weight, yeah. I mean, we know that alcohol stops all fat yeah, metabolizing until <laughs> until the alcohol is processed. Right. And we know that one drink can lead to two, can lead to bad food choices or uh, or other bad choices. Yeah. And we know that the next day you're going to be inhibited. And in fact, Whoop just did this Sober October data analysis. Yeah. And they're talking like hangers don't last one day. They last five, six, seven oh my days. Gosh. When you're not performing at what you could be if you just hadn't drank. Right. And obviously one drink... Or one to two a week, right? There's yeah, there's always moderation, moderation, of course. But I, th- I think in CrossFit, is particularly, we tend to be like, oh, we're hardcore. We can throw down really right. hard and then we can drink. And it's like, uh, you know, we, we preach this no sugar thing like crazy. But we don't really talk about alcohol, at least in the corners I've been in. I don't see it being talked about. Like, I feel like it's just as bad as sugar, like well, the sugar issue, right? Well, there's a lot of sugar right? in it. It's, it well, is yeah, sugar. It, it I has mean, it in there, but, yeah. but not only that, it's it's the keto um, type propaganda that's like, well, it's vodka, so it's okay because guess what? <laughs> there's no carbs and it's it counts as something. Oh, it definitely counts. Whether I, you're going to count it as, you know, whatever, but I know, it, it, I'm it's hard on you. I know because I'm actually counting my macros right now, so I don't waste them on that for Right, sure. right, right. Um, <laughs> but yeah, but I Sorry, totally, that's a tangent, no, but it's just I like, totally I feel it like it's a, it's a miss, just like recovery. I, it's one of those things that's being missed. Yeah, well, it is reco- It is part of the recovery. Yeah. I mean, the nutrition, the, your sleep, um, your stress level, all those things factor in um, along with your flexibility, your mobility, your strength balance, all of it. Um, it's a big piece puzzle that you have to put together for yourself and you need people who um, can help you understand how you can perform your best. And the one thing I just I love about CrossFit is I do think that it makes you stronger in life mentally. Like I, I really sure. think that it helps people feel powerful and more effective and more in control of their lives. Um, yeah. So the best things in life, like mess up your hair, <laughs> get you sweaty and strong. And yeah, I don't know. I just, I like working on CrossFitters. Definitely. Yeah. What are some common misconceptions about what you do? Let's see. Common misconceptions. That would be um, maybe a no pain, no gain kind of thing. Um, a lot of, because we're so intense, we don't have any problem with work ethic, right? CrossFitters don't. Um, we actually have trouble with doing too much. And I think that can happen too um, with soft tissue work. You end up causing more trauma. Um, and you might feel good for a couple of days, but what we're finding with the myofascial release, um, when you have that gentle sustained pressure, is that um, the effects last um, and they don't when you just create more trauma. So I don't need to cause you pain to heal you. <laughs> uh, there is therapeutic pain, um, but, um, you know, that's on a case-by-case basis. Um, uh, let me think another one would be... And maybe not necessarily misconceptions about recovery, but if you were to... S- someone were to stop you on the street and ask you what you do, uh, and you say, oh, I do myofascial release... Or, or however you describe your profession, I guess, what would that misconception uh, be? They would probably think that I'm a massage therapist. Yeah. And this is definitely not massage at all. Okay. Uh, so like, how is, how is it different, I guess? And, and as, as a summary fashion, like if you were yeah. just to explain it to yeah, somebody. Really like just on a practical level, a lot of times massage is involves oil. Um, I can't get the traction that I need on, on the skin when oil is involved. And I do cupping actually. So if I do cupping, I do that at the very end. Um, and I, I do have to use oil for that, but, um, and that is basically pulling up the fascia and creating space that way. So it's still a myofascial release. Um, 
but just using technology. Um, but that traction that I do, um, I have to get a good grip, uh, skin to skin. So you can't wear lotion or anything when you come in here. And then um, basically, you just kind of have to feel it for yourself. But you'll feel your body unwind itself. And there'll be just more space there than there was. We all have like short psoases from sitting all the time. So I spend a lot of time working on your psoas. We all have um, usually an anteriorly rotated hip. Um, so, uh, and then we all carry so much um, tension in our necks and shoulders, particularly CrossFitters with their traps. We're so upper trap dominant. So... <laughs> It, I don't even know if I answered your question. That's fine, but. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but you're still doing manual work. Yes, like, manual therapy. Like similar to like a massage therapist, I would it's guess. It's similar, yeah. but different. Um, yeah. And I'm, I'm licensed under the Board of Medicine. Um, so um, I guess maybe massage therapists are too, but I can't call myself a massage therapist. Yeah, yeah. I think mean, they have some sort of licensure requirement, yeah. but... Yeah. Um, I was just curious, I guess, if, if you were trying to explain the difference to someone who's maybe they haven't had a massage or had myofascial release and they, whatever they know about either is probably what they've just seen on TV. Mm-hmm. And how would you, I guess, just kind of describe it to them and, and why would they choose, I guess, you for body work versus maybe a physical therapist, or massage therapist or mm-hmm. um, something like that? Um, well, I guess they would choose me, um, because I, especially with CrossFitters, I understand CrossFitters. So CrossFitters that go to PTs that aren't CrossFitters will just say, okay, well, you hurt your back, you know, squatting, just don't squat. (laughs) And that's not what we want to hear. So occupational therapists, um, we help people get back to doing what they love to do. So um, I think that's why I'm gravitating towards CrossFitters because I speak the language. And um, so I can, you know, sometimes you'll have gym owners that will invite PTs in or chiropractors in and, um, you know, they'll tell people to stop working out. Really? Yeah. And that's not what I do. I that help doesn't you. help business no, at all, does it? <laughs> uh, I, I figure out how you can get back to working out. And you just do that um, through an understanding of the body and um, slow graded um, progressions back in. So. Would there ever be a reason for you to refer, I guess, a client to one of the other oh, absolutely. things? Absolutely. Yeah. If somebody's like coming in here and they're in a spasm or something, you know, I can do the myofascial to help, but um, I would send them to um, a doctor or PT. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. I refer to all kinds of folks. Yeah. I was just curious uh, how it works, I guess, in a, like a a treatment menu <laughs> you know yeah. if you look at a menu and you have all these treatment options that are out there right and, and everyone says they help with sports performance recovery sure. you name it and it's like well what's the real difference yeah and well other I, than going and trying them all how, yeah, do, you, how do you know I what's think best it's just for you kind of who you like to work with um what's convenient what's in your orbit i think more and more people are looking outside of the traditional medical system mm-hmm. um because you know they're getting charged like 50 bucks for an ice pack yeah, that's <laughs> not, not worth really it. doing anything. Um, and well, where then, does frozen water come from? <laughs> I don't know because I spend my time in the sauna. Oh, there you go. But, <laughs> um, are there any more questions? Yeah, I think so. Um, what gets you excited about what you do coming in here and, and working on people? Um, well, if you follow me on Instagram, you'll see that I always put up. Um, like testimonial Tuesdays or warm fuzzies. That's really what gets me excited is helping people get out of pain. It's just the best feeling in the world. When you have somebody that comes in that's been like struggling with tendinitis for months and they've, you know, been to a Rossi, they've been to, they've done all these other things and it hasn't worked for them. And I do a treatment and it's just, I mean, it doesn't take very long. Um, and they're, they're out of pain. Um, so that, that really gets me excited. Also, people that think, oh, this happened recently. I'm not going to be able to compete in this motocross event. My knee is just really jacked up. And then um, I'm able to help them feel better and they can go do what they want to do. So that that's what OTs do. We help people do what they love to do. So that that's what gets me excited about what I do. It's getting people out of pain. I'd imagine that's pretty rewarding, right? Very, very rewarding. But also, uh, this is why I love coaching because um, – you know, I have this side, but then I also have the um, helping people get super, super strong. 
which I love doing, particularly with females um, or um, people who have maybe been in shape at one point in their lives and gotten out of shape. Um, so yeah, I just like empowering people. Yeah, we all as coaches, we all love the the first pull up. Oh, you know, right? Oh, all the skills. That's yeah. what that's what always kept me going with CrossFit was just gaining all the skills. So yeah, or, but or you really coaching can't... someone to get the those skills right. That's just awesome. You know, right. you it see is. their their face just light up. And... It is, but also understanding the progression to those skills, you know, and getting the building blocks, the foundational pieces in order before you start working on sure skills. So. That requires a coach that's knowledgeable and right. hungry to seek out that right. kind of knowledge. And that's and, what I liked about Active Life is actually elevating the level, the knowledge-based level of coaches. We we all know so much, and I don't think it's valued like it should be. So I feel like with CrossFit gyms uh, or any kind of you know coach that's kind of in the trenches, we need to develop better relationships with the rehab professionals so that they feel good. Um, you know, sending, sending their clients back in, you know? Sure. Definitely. And, you know, the, the founder of CrossFit, Greg Glassman, he talked about professionalizing the trainer's space because mm-hmm. he felt like, I guess your typical, um, personal trainers and things like that. And right. the global gyms maybe wasn't a, a profession mm-hmm. in a way, um, that he was going for. And I think there's a disconnect with going to your L1 Mm. opening up a gym and coaching versus the L1 is foundational. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it meets the basic requirements, but it doesn't make you a great coach. Mm -mm. It's not an easy test though, I will say. No, it's it's not. (laughs) And people tend to, oh, you just need a weekend. And yeah, but the NASM cert's only a test too, you know? So it's funny how, you know, the naysayers, but I think there's just like any profession, like you get your foot in the door with the L1, but it's on you as a coach, Mm -hmm. if you want to be, you know, professional trainer mm-hmm. to seek that knowledge, mm-hmm. whether it's going down, you know, recovery paths or understanding nutrition further mm-hmm. and growing that knowledge, not just, I got my L1, I'm coaching, right. like that's it. Right. Right. I just want to hang out with my buddies and work out. No, yeah. uh-uh. Yeah. That's not what, uh, I don't think CrossFit should be that. I mean, it's definitely, definitely. a community and I love that tribal aspect of it. Um, I think we, as just human beings, like really crave that tribal community um, so I do love that, but yeah, it's, it's more to it. You need to have a coach that has an understanding about how the body works. Yeah. And be just curious and, and hungry for that knowledge. Mm-hmm. You and know. also, you know, have an understanding if someone does get injured, um, helping them know how to modify their load so that they can eventually get better and increase their capacity. Yeah. Scaling, right? Right. Got to have that. Right. So what's next for, for Duramater? Oh, gosh. Okay. So next, um, I'm going to start offering – this is so funny. So I, I joined this, like, study group of um, therapists, and um, one of my old professors walked in from MCV. And so we are going to actually start doing joint sessions together, uh, myofascial release, which is great because we can get really good traction with two therapists. So that's coming down the pike. Um, you just have to come and feel it. It's amazing. You, you actually have shorter sessions when you have two people. Um, we can get so much done um, in shorter time. You saying four hands are better than two? Yes. Interesting. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to have to come back when I get that going. Yeah. Um, and then gift cards. Actually, right when I get off um, with you, I'm getting online to figure out how to get my digital gift cards up for the holidays. So There you go. And those make great gifts for coaches. Just saying coaches need um, recovery too, probably even more than you do. <laughs> so Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, because they tend to sacrifice their own fitness for, yeah. for others. Yes. Um, and do you still do the the discount for coaches? Or Yes, coaches get a awesome. 25% discount. And if I come to your gym that I've been going to gyms, um, since the spring, which is one of my favorite things to do and just kind of spreading the word, meeting people. If I come to your gym and you come to one of my talks then you get 10% off of your body work as well. That's awesome. So yeah, I'll be at river city fit this Saturday, um, at their nine o'clock teamer. Oh, that's awesome. Do you have any others lined up that you're, you're going to? Uh, do a lot with stockyard, CrossFit Midlow. Um, yeah, uh, putting the word out there. Anybody wants me to come for yeah. a teamer. It's great because everybody's just kind of hanging around rolling after the teamer. Um, and my talk is about 15 minutes long. So yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's fun. So if you have a gym out there and you want Hallie to come by. Yeah. It doesn't have to be a CrossFit gym either. It can right, be any right. gym. 
anywhere where people have some sort of uh, pain or or, right. or uh, limitation, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Which is most of us. Yeah, so they would just reach out to you, I guess, through Instagram to, to yes, schedule that? Yeah, Instagram. So you can reach me at Dura Mater Therapy on Instagram. And I have a little Facebook page. But um, I finally hired somebody to help me with my search engine optimization, which would go. be my bit of advice for any new business owners. Like that you should just do right off the bat, I think, is really helpful. Yeah, that's that's something I think is missed as once you get your website up, you kind of set it and forget it, I yeah, guess. Yeah, that's what I did. I mean, it literally took me like 20 minutes and I was like, okay, I've I'm got good. got a website, yeah. I'm official. And then I started yeah. posting on Instagram and um, and then you're just busy doing your job. But now I'm kind of like taking a step back and getting some help where I need it. So anyway. Yeah, SEO is huge, especially with Google, like being one of the top results anytime a keyword, right, that has to yes. do with your business or has to do with the local area. Yes. Um, that's, that's huge for... Marketing funnels and kind of going down yeah. that, that rabbit and, hole. And my advice for new business owners, too, would be um, don't be afraid to ask for a review on Google because they really are like very powerful, good reviews. They are. And there's, I just got them on my website. It, yeah. And it's totally <laughs> cool to to not only ask for the review, but also not necessarily pay for them, but encourage them through some sort of incentive to leave the review. Oh. I've seen like, you know, you'll get 10% off your next session oh. if you leave a review. And I've seen things like that that incentivizes someone taking the time. Obviously, if someone really was happy with your service, they're typically going to yeah. leave you a review if you ask, but they will definitely leave a review if they didn't like something. Yeah. And I so yeah. <laughs> encourage, you know, people, everyone who comes in contact with you, I think as a follow-up email, especially if it's their first time, it's, hey, if you don't mind, leave a review yeah. and you'll get a discount on your next booking that A, encourages them to book again sure, and answers that you know question for huh. them, but also gives you a review in the process. Yeah, that's a good idea. I haven't been doing that. I've been saying, oh, I don't accept tips, but I do accept referrals and Google reviews. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And that's, so, that's fine yeah. too. There's no perfect way. Yeah. I just, that's one way I've seen it. And that I know for me as a customer for anything, I would probably... If I was thinking about getting the service again, I would definitely leave a review for a discount. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. So that's just that's yeah. just my thing. No, that's great feedback. Yeah. Uh, any other um, advice for for business owners that maybe do um, what you do? You know, <laughs> I'm kind of living the dream. To be honest, yeah? <laughs> there aren't that many people that's that, the advice, live yeah, the that dream. aren't doing that are doing what I'm doing. You know, they're um, in you know rehab gym um, with a hospital, or they're um, in some kind of a, like a wellness center or something. So this is kind of a new paradigm is, is having this kind of level of rehab, um, you know, affiliated with a gym. So, um, I would say, don't be scared. Um, get a lot of support from your friends and family and just take the leap because, um, I don't know, I've just never been happier with my work life. And yeah, there's, it's always so much to learn, especially when there's nobody telling you what you need to do. You can learn what you feel like learning that's going to really um, benefit your clients. So you're not stuck in a system that wants you to do things a certain way. So it's it's been really liberating. Yeah. And I think also um, not being afraid to reach out to gyms and, mm. and try to seek those partnerships, oh, right? Yeah. To do what you're doing, I think, is every – not only – you know, myofascial release, but also your PTs and massage therapists or yes. your yoga instructors yes. or anybody who wants to be an add-on service or, or like an add-on mm -hmm. idea. Um, you can still have your own business and run separately, Yeah, but being in a gym where there's your um, target demographic is walking through the door every day yeah, it's and, really nice. and they're doing something that's <laughs> going to require you later yeah. to help them. It's a <laughs> The dream. Yeah. yeah. It's that's like being a professor... gas station at a, at a racetrack, right? Yeah. I mean, they're going to need that at some point. <laughs> yeah. That's why my professor was like, oh my gosh, you are living my dream. So yeah, she's going to come work with me. So um, I was going to say, yeah. So I think one of your questions was like, what, what is like, uh, how do people fail in your business? Yeah. And I would say it's probably just like staying in your little cocoon doing your clinical work. That's mm -hmm. how you would fail. You really have to get out there and meet people, which luckily for me, I love to do. So, um, yeah. So hopefully I'll see y'all at your home gyms. <laughs> yeah. Do you have advice for anyone who maybe is working in a hospital or they're, they're more like, an, I guess, an employee of an organization mm -hmm. and they kind of have that entrepreneurial bug mm -hmm. and they want to break out? Because I imagine you didn't always own 
your own businesses. You've, no, you've probably uh, yeah. worked for the man at some yeah, point, right? Yeah, no, I've done all kinds of stuff. Early yeah. intervention, went into people's homes, worked with their babies. Um, I did have my own business when I was a childbirth educator. So I think, um, yeah, I kind of knew how to get that going. Um, like someone has the bug and they want to break out on their own, but they're not quite sure. I would say how. just go ahead and do it. Get a website up. Um, tell your friends and family what you're doing. Um, and then just kind of let it unfold naturally. I, I didn't, I didn't go out seeking this. It literally landed in my lap. Um, and I just knew it was an opportunity and jumped on it, but, um, you can make your own opportunities too. So that's true. And you mentioned seeking friends and family. I think that's important that a lot of people who want to start their own business think that they don't want to sell to their friends and family, but at the same time, if your friends and family wouldn't want to buy your service, why on earth would anyone else? Yeah. Well, and also, I mean, really like just having like a lot of like pain in our bodies and postural dysfunction, it's kind of an epidemic. So, you know, the fact that you can come here and it's it's just a drop in the bucket in terms of finances to be out of pain. Yeah. You know, it's Versus just worth it. maybe other pain therapy like. Or going to, through the medical and, system yeah. and taking pills and, you know, maybe having side effects. And um, I don't know. I just think the proof's in the pudding. Myofascial release is, um, it works. So Side effect is happiness and pain free. Side effect is um, full range of motion, good movement. Yeah. Being out of pain and being able to do what you love to do. So, That's awesome. Yeah. So, uh. On a scale of one to 10, how weird are you? <laughs> that is funny. Okay, so I don't even like the word weird. Whatever, like, replace it with whatever you want. How oh, okay. interesting am I? How interesting am I? And maybe well, what would other people say? I would I say I'm definitely not a basic. I'm not basic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but so how interesting am I? Uh, I don't know. I mean, I think I'm. <laughs> I think I'm maybe like a seven or eight interesting. It depends. I mean, I, I definitely have a lot of interesting hobbies. Um, I I believe in neuroplasticity. That's what OTs do is we create um, neural pathways through doing things. And that's how we heal the body. So I like picking up new things like dance and surfing. And so that's um, why I love CrossFit because you get so strong doing that. It's like a a great platform to go and do all kinds of other things. Too. Yeah. Climbing and yeah. Take your fitness out outside of the gym. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Just enjoy your life. Yeah. And I think some people too, like that whole weird thing, like people are just really kind of, they can get really hung up on what other people think and they don't do what they love to do. And I think if yep. you find something that lights you up, you should go do it. Definitely. Definitely. And there's nothing wrong with being weird. Even if you use that word, I don't, think you know that's i honestly don't think the there's thing. anything i think everybody's a little weird and everybody's interesting and everybody has a cool story to tell you just have sure. to be curious and ask and yeah so i would say i'm interesting that yeah way. and that's the idea <laughs> they're just oddball questions i throw at the end the idea is that you would reveal some story about you know something funny or clumsy or just oh, odd or odd or, about or, me. But mm. I like your answer as well. Well, <laughs> yeah, I um I did take up pole dancing and did a competition and won a medal. Well, so there we go. <laughs> <laughs> I would say that's not normal <laughs> for it everyday was, people. It was so funny because I just what did was it, that like? I did it on a lark, really, just because I've always loved to dance. My mother was a ballerina, my grandmother was a ballerina, and I. I, I never really loved ballet. I was a cheerleader. Um, and so I went on a lark. And because I was so strong from CrossFit, I ended up being able to just jump on the pole and invert, which people who'd been going to these classes for years couldn't do. So they were like, oh, my God, girl, you got to be on our competition team. So that's funny. <laughs> first, from I was CrossFitter like, that's, to, po to pole I, dancer. <laughs> I was like, that's crazy. I am not doing that. But I got convinced because it was such a fabulous group of women. I mean, really smart too. Like I think there's this perception of pole dancing and what it used to be, which, you know, I guess there's some beauty in that too, but this is very different. It's definitely a sport and is now uh, acknowledged as a sport. So, um, yeah, I just really, really enjoyed it. And, um, it was the hardest thing I ever did actually, <laughs> because I had to do my own choreography. Oh, wow. But, um, yeah, I met some fabulous people. So yeah. Yeah, that I would is say I'm, that is interesting. interesting. Yeah, I would I would say that would have fallen right under that. Yeah, for sure. Man, yeah, I never tried pole dancing. 
It is really hard. <laughs> I know. It looks because, tough. Yeah, you were strong or whatever, but then you yeah. have to have fluidity in your movement yeah. and then you have to have artistry and there's music. So it's very creative. Um, I thought about signing up again, but I don't know. This business is kind of like a new baby. I don't like to yeah. leave it. That's, <laughs> so. I mean, that's that's really cool. I, I actually... Um, Used to dance ballet and jazz and oh, really? hip hop and all that. Oh, yeah, back fun. in the day. Where did you go? Um, was there a studio down in Chesapeake? There's this place, um, Academy de Ballet, which ah. is right off of Battlefield Boulevard. That's um, amazing. It, it's funny because I did it when I was much younger, um, and it's one of those things where my sisters were doing it, so sure. the boys were free. If you and I was stuck there anyway because I was young. So for like from like seven to thirteen, huh. I was dancing. That's awesome. I have the weirdest question. What do they call male ballerinas? Are they ballet? Are they just ballet dancers? I can't even remember. I, or are they like balancer baller- comes balancer, to mind? But I don't know friend- if that's true. I know. I'm gonna have to Google um, it. Yeah, I, I never really thought about <laughs> You're it. You're like just, my grandmother's dream. Though. I just know it was really cool <laughs> as a 10, 12 year old to dance with girls. Sure. And people are like, oh, you know, you you do ballet. That, that's you know so Mm-mm. feminine. Or that's gay or whatever. And and it's fine if you're gay. No, Joe, but, you get but all it was the ladies funny. that you know I was like, well, dance. I dance with girls every day. Like, yeah. to me, that's the most hetero thing to do. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> totally. I've always told my boys. I have five kids, um, four boys, one girl. And I've always told the boys, they all did cotillion. I'm like, this is, you got to learn how to do this because the ladies love a good dancer. <laughs> yeah. I, and I enjoyed the ballroom dancing stuff. They would do like specialty classes where you do like ballroom or you can even do square dancing and things. Yeah. So it was interesting. Um as I talked before we, we started recording, you know, the musician in me. Mm-hmm. So doing things to music was always, you know, the whole choreography and rhythm and mm-hmm. idea. It was just something I grew up around, you know, yeah. with my dad doing music and recording and very cool sisters dancing and stuff. So it's just funny that you mentioned um, <laughs> not really being into ballet, but pole dancing. And I'm like... <laughs> Man, I can't think of at a Christian ballet studio we'd ever have had that as an option. <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, it's a, it was a Dogtown Dance Theater. Um, if you're looking for something new and fun and different, go I, think check it out pole pressure. <laughs> I think I'm good. I think I'm good. I was going to ask you something though, and I can't remember what it was now. Oh well, about it was the about, about the dance. Dancing. Oh, I was going to tell you that there are all these studies that came out, and I wish I could, had my facts straight, but about how good dancing is for you as you age in terms of. Um, keeping you, you know, spry and um, like active with your brain because it's got the socialization piece, um, and you you're using you know your basal ganglia in your brain, which is the movement center. Um, so the choreography, learning new choreography, is really really good for you. So it's good to go out and do new things. It's good for your brain. Definitely, yeah. Constantly. Maybe not pole dancing. But yeah, you have to be particularly brave to take that one on. I got some. I got some this, guff for it. I can it, only but. imagine that the. the the inherent stigma in doing something like that yeah. in the general population. But not only that, even my own, um, I guess not understanding of the female psyche to understand why mm. something that was like, and just hear me out, I guess. So, yeah. It's something that I've always questioned, but I, I've never really talked to anyone about it because I don't really know how to vocalize it. So I'll try mm. right now. Okay. Um, this is fun. Something that, that culturally, I guess, culturally, maybe historically has mm. been something that is sexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially in recent time, it's always, you know, strip clubs. That's where the poles are mm-hmm. for women to dance on. But then you have on the other side of that, you have not the other side, but like in another world, you have like aerobatics and acrobatics. Right. And, uh, and I don't even know what you call them. I call them curtains, but whatever it is that they climb up and yeah, dance yeah, on. Yeah. And that has never been. Well, I guess it There's has like the hula it, hooping and the lyra, yeah. I guess in some circles micro. it's been sexualized, but not like you. You go to these uh, theaters in Vegas for like the show of like the Chinese acrobats and stuff, yeah. and they're doing very similar stuff. Yeah. But when you hear pole dancing, you immediately go to yeah. the sexual nature of yeah. it, and I think it's because that's culturally where where we think of. But for me, as a as a guy, to try to imagine, even if I wasn't doing it for the sexual reason, I don't think I would want to because as a man no like just trying to understand from a woman's perspective why Uh, would she want to put herself in that position to oh you just have to do it to find out yeah you have to do it and i think what i like about it too is like the women in that class were like no joke they're too like physicists in there and attorneys and really smart smart women so it's not you know like they're doing it to get their 
kicks that way. But you are you know, moving centrally. Women's bodies are beautiful. Um, and, of course. you know, so there's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's actually taking that stigma and turning it on its ear that I actually liked a little bit um, and using my strength. Um, in new ways. Um, it was really empowering. Um, and what I also found out is people who thought it was strange or different, I just, you know, I don't want to hang out with people like that. <laughs> I like to hang sure. out with people who are much more interesting and smart and than that. So, Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> and like I said, it's hard for me to, to really voice, I guess, um, if, if I were to put myself in a woman's shoes, which is always a good thing for a man to try to do. <laughs> But to think like, oh, I'm going to go try something new or do something. Let me go do pole dancing and then try to tell the world it's not sexual because I know that's the first thing they're going to. It's like, well, what's so wrong about it? Actually? There's nothing wrong yeah. with it. I'm just saying that it's it seems like an uphill battle to. Mm. Oh, I'm doing pole dancing, but it's not that kind of pole dancing is actually yeah, empowering. Think... And it's like this whole. But isn't uh, that like sort of the story is women like we've been kind of marginalized sure. in a lot of different ways and we've been disempowered in a lot of different ways so I think maybe that's this coming out is us kind of like taking back our power definitely yeah so maybe that's kind of why there's a resurgence there it's like taking that what's been I guess seen as demeaning and mm -hmm. actually empowering it so yeah yeah I think that's it's awesome either way yeah, I just yeah. I just can't imagine. I guess wanting to put myself through, but then again, I'm not a woman and I'm not a pole dancer, so yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's just always been well, this thing I've been curious are not about. Going to want to do it because it is so rigorous. Yeah, like it they're is. not going to want to. And I think that was what attracted me. Actually, was how difficult it really was. Um, I haven't done, I haven't, you know, this business. I haven't danced in like a year, but yeah, since you asked me the question. Figured out answer. Yeah, no, that's that's, <laughs> that's great. Yeah, we have like two, really three great pole studios in town. Just another way to get fit. Yeah, that's true. Um, I feel like you've tried a lot of other professions. So my other oddball questions usually like, other than what you're doing, what if you could just be king for a day or queen for a day and pick something, <gasps> what would it be as a profession to try? It would definitely not be a pole dancer. <laughs> <laughs> well, you already tried it. I know. Um, yeah, that's a good question. I love traveling. Um, that's one of my big passions. Um, so actually, I would probably like plan really, really cool adventure trips that then I would have to go with the group on. Yeah. So that's what I would do. So I don't you're... even know what the name of that is. A travel advent adventure travel planner. <laughs> Who also participates in, in the excursions. Yeah, I get to go too. <laughs> yeah, like a tour guide almost. Yeah, that, there you go. Yeah. Tour guide. I didn't have a name for it. Yeah. yeah. I would want to be like uh, an adventure tour guide. That's really cool. There's these people who do that for Machu Picchu. So they take yes. groups up and do that. And I think that would be a blast. I would love to do that. Hmm, new business idea, Joe. Yeah, let's do it. Let's go go hike Machu Picchu. See how far Bring we get. Bring some people. Who yeah. wants to go? Crossfitters. <laughs> oh my God, we would totally slay. Which, by the way, I love what you're doing with this group. I'm really excited about um, what it's going to look like to get all 22 of Richmond's CrossFit gyms together, see what we can do. Like just, I, I told you before, I love the idea of us all showing up in our t-shirts and like cleaning up a playground together. There's so much manpower yeah. and like, you know, heart. With the CrossFitters, I think we can do some really cool things. And I'm from Richmond. I love the city. So, yeah, it's going to be fun to harness, well, harness thank the you. CrossFit yeah, power. I agree. I, I, there's a lot of things on, on the list to do. Mm -hmm. um, my idea with this podcast is that I can tell people's stories and people can learn from each other without all of us having to be in the same place at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, so I released a survey and got a lot of good feedback and there's a lot of want for professional development and, and understanding, I guess, how to run their business and mm -hmm. how to be better at it. And I could try to put together an event and cover a topic every month and that would take a long time. Or I could just let everyone else tell their story mm -hmm. and share. And yeah. then we learn together that way, right? Yeah, that's great. Um, but I do like getting together. Like when you had the networking event at the place downtown, that was, yeah. that's where the next one is, right? It is. And the one after that. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah. yeah so I got that really all set up. Space. Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. I didn't get the rooftop for this next one. It was already booked. So okay. we got a different space, but it's in the same building. So will the rooftop be in December? It'll be in January. I won't have one okay. in December just because yeah, holidays and yeah. yeah, everything going on. Well, I will definitely be there. That's big, great. Big supporter. 
I appreciate it. Um, welcome. If anyone wanted to catch up with you and talk shop or maybe get work done, just... Yeah, just pop on by. I'm at 3821 Gaskins Road, right next to DBG CrossFit. And um, if you are a caffeine lover, you'll know where I am because I can see the drive through Starbucks out my <laughs> front door from oh, my go. treatment table on Gaskins Road. So it's like kind of the corner of Gaskins and Broad. Awesome. And then yeah. also Instagram and... Yes, yep. Instagram is... Dura Mater Therapy at Dura Mater Therapy. And Dura Mater, people ask me all the time, that is Latin for tough mother. Um, I had to Google it. Yeah, tough mother. <laughs> and and it's actually a part of the body. So it's the Dura Mater is the fascia that right. wraps around uh, basically your brain and your spinal cord. So it kind of just all made sense since uh, I have I like the five it, yeah. kids. And yeah. <laughs> so tough mother therapy. I can be... Tough when I have to be tough. Of course. You're a CrossFitter (laughs) and a mother. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Definitely. Well, thank you so much for your time and and sharing everything. Is there anything else you wanted to to say? No, just thank you so much for the opportunity. And um, yeah, I look forward to meeting more folks in your home gym. So if you hear this, go to your gym owner and say, hey, we want to have Duramater come. So I'll bring my Hypervolt. <laughs> That's great. You also do Normatech too, right? Yes. Well, um, so I'm actually around, an affiliate but... yeah, of the Rapid Reboot. So if anybody out there wants to try the compression garments, okay. you can come try them here and then you'll get a discount with Rapid Reboot since I'm an affiliate. Um, gotcha. And that's just the other brand of like a Normatech. It's just the other brand yeah, okay. of Normatech. Yeah. But I, I discovered them because I was um, doing Superfit actually. And, um, you know, after a really hard workout, you just have Bambi legs and you can barely barely walk. Well, they had the compression garments there and I was like, I don't care how much it costs. I I like forked out, you know, 10 bucks, whatever in between every workout and actually got on the podium. So yeah, at the end of that, I was like, how can we get a pair of these? So, um, yeah, we're a big believer. And also my daughter plays D1 lacrosse at Louisville. So she used them. Um, yeah, high school athletes, man, they, they need the recovery piece. Like 75% of them get serious injuries. So, yeah, if you have a high schooler out there, too, or an athlete, and they're just dead tired and they don't get a break, send them in here because I can help them feel better. That's great. Yeah. Well, thanks again. You're welcome. Thank you, Jeff. Thanks for tuning in to the RVA Affiliate Collective Podcast. This is Joe Ellis. Be sure to follow us on iTunes and give us a subscribe. Also check us out on YouTube under the same name, RVA Affiliate Collective. And don't forget our shop, rvaaffiliatecollective.org. Thank you. Have a good one.